All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 292. FIBA was a disappointment. Will LeBron James and the Revengers save the day? Adam Silver hates the Clippers once again. The new load management rule has just come out. Steve Ballmer joins Podcast P and talks about the new Intuit Dome, which sounds absolutely amazing. KPJ got arrested and is probably never going to play another NBA game. And Kai Jones and Charlotte need some help. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 292. There is no takeover this week. It is just your boys, Clips and Drew. Uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, we we got taken over by a boy combo. And I have to speak on behalf of Clipper Nation, <laughs> Drew, because a lot of people love the pod. But a lot of my uh, my Clipper Nation boys came out and were like, yo, bro, great pod. But what's up with what's up with Drew and Combo bullying you talking shit about our Clippers the whole episode? And I didn't even realize it until I talked to our boy Jeff Crompton that I did. You guys bullied your boy the whole show. I'm I'm glad actually I got kicked. Did you mention that I got kicked off of that show because of internet problems? Well, it happened so fast in the moment. I think I said we didn't really know what was happening, and you for a period of time you were trying to get back on. Uh, so I don't I, I think I said clips is gone. I said the clip. I, I'm pretty sure what I said was the clip is empty uh, or <laughs> the clips are, clips are empty. Uh, but yeah, man, look, combo had it in for you, right? He did. I, you, the Clippers were the easy target. And I will stand firm here right now and say that I don't think anything that we said on that podcast was completely erroneous or even wrong just flat out wrong. I think what we have asked is valid questions that unfortunately all of Clipper nation have to ask themselves every day. So maybe what they're upset about is all of that, that you think about as a Clippers fan was brought right up into the foreground. And guess what? It's, it's not the best outlook right now. It's, it hasn't been, it's not the best outlook, but we, and, and, and what I will stand on for sure is my belief in the Clippers is pretty strong every year i'm like dude if you can put the product on the floor i fully agree that you're one of the top four or five teams in the west and contending for a championship it's just the fact of the matter is the clippers struggle with that and so do all teams right injuries we we, we can go into that all day long but yes i can understand why people thought we were ganging up on you a bit uh and combo especially i did think maybe Really, really like to lean into the. He went in firing at me, bro. I'm, I'm gonna have to actually. The more I think about it, the more I'm glad I didn't get back on the podcast because I, <laughs> I was getting heated, man. Maybe it was like just God's divine intervention, dude. Take, take clips out of this. Let Drew and Combo finish. Uh, we there will be some positive Clipper talk on this show a li- in a little bit. There will be negative talk too. Uh, <laughs> the NBA's got it out for your boys. But first, uh, how was your golf trip? I, yeah. I know you went out with your yearly bros golf trip how did you do how did you play what's wh- what was going on this weekend yeah we we went out flew out to detroit uh from san diego and for those that are unaware it's a four and a half hour flight yeah. uh went out without went off without a hiccup really flight was good 
get in the car and then we got a three and a half hour drive north. So, you know, it's a long travel day to get there. And where we were, believe it or not, Clips, and I'm not making this up, it's a town called Gaylord. Uh, (laughs) And it is maybe an hour south of like the very tip of the upper Michigan mitten before you get into like uh, Mackinac Island or whatever. Uh, So, you know how the Michigan is a looks like a glove. Or mm-hmm. a mitten, and then there's the dog, like the terrier coming out. We were right very close to the tip of that mitten where your middle finger would be. Uh, and what I will say is the courses where we were at, it's a it's called Treetops Resort. We played three of the courses out of the five, and they were impeccable. And beautiful. The first course that we played, according to the people that work there, is apparently the third hardest golf course, a public golf course in north america so that also includes canada and mexico and that proved out clips i shot horribly i think i shot a 106 uh and i haven't shot in the hundreds uh in like six maybe seven years and uh haven't shot that bad into the hundreds since i was like 18 uh it was raining and so how many it, beers did you have, Drew? That's the well, bottom. After line. after the, the first hole, I opened up with a nine. It was a par five, nine immediately. And so the part of the reason I bring up the travel is because my boy, Midwest Max, who was organizing this, that's a re- he lives in Detroit. That's why we went out there. The reason uh, we visited was because we wanted to check out these courses. But you have to book so far in advance. He forgot to calculate, number one, the immense amount of travel. Uh, me and my boy, Lowy, that are San Diego residents and and. Jeff Crompton uh, flew out of LA at f- fucking six o'clock in the morning. So we were up at four getting out there. And then our tea time was set for, I think it was 10, 10 o'clock, 10 30, something like that. East coast time, which sounds great. That sounds like a perfect tea time. Seven 30 where we're coming from after a long fucking day. So I was just in, as soon as hole number one happened, I was like, Oh no, this is it. I, so cracked, I cracked a claw, give me a white claw, pounded that drank for the rest of the round. And, and luckily did not break a club. Uh, on that course but 106 was terrible and uh needless to say it didn't get much better even though uh the rain cleared up after the first day we had beautiful days the next two days when we went out to play but uh your boy really really struggled on the second on the third round uh i shot a 38 through eight holes so I was right on target for like my normal mid 80s score posted a nine again and after that clips i think i just went off a ledge i i mentally fully checked out uh, I think I pounded two shots of Jim Beam. I housed a hot dog as soon as I po- like. I, I I don't. I inhaled it like a seagull or a pelican would eat a hot dog. Uh, anyway, it the golf sucked. I hated it. I really want to go back and try again uh, because I I left a lot of strokes uh, on the cards there. Uh, but Michigan itself, especially where we were, fucking gorgeous. Honestly, when the sun was out, unbelievable. Our Airbnb had a a lake. Shout out to uh, Dixon Lake and, and hilarious name, but Dixon like D I X O N like Juan Dixon, not Dix in Lake, which you know could be misconstrued. Uh, a gorgeous small little lake there with a little beach. We did some cornhole, drank a whole lot. We watched the UFC, we watched NFL football, so it was a fantastic trip. But the golf was not not. So who was right who was the ringer in the group then? Everyone struggled. The courses yeah. were tough, right? Yeah. So uh, we had co champions this year, which I did not. I'm not happy with not happy with the co-champions. There needs to be fucking champion. One, it's America, right? This is yes. America. We don't believe in ties. No. Uh, so I wanted to put off or a chip off or something like that to end it. Uh, but the boys 
were very happy to both shake hands. And it was Midwest, Mid, Midwest Max and uh, Loey Loberg down here in San Diego that split it. So me and Crompton were, were riding the back end of the bus there. Well, Midwest Max is a is a great gambler too, right? You'd think he'd want to take home the trophy. I that's what I thought. What's but, wrong? You know, in his eyes, I think uh, he's happy with you know he's happy with taking it home. I think it's the first time that I've lost on the trip. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I just had a rough fucking rough, rough fucking weekend of golf in some of the best golf courses you could ever ask for. Well, you know who else had a rough weekend, Drew? Our FIBA national team. And you didn't miss much, man, because this was an absolute collapse. And I'm sure you watched the clips and seen what happens. But, you know, the Americans didn't we didn't even get a medal. Germany wins it all. Serbia comes in two. And then lo and behold, Canada gets their first medal ever doing this and well deserved. All of those teams very well deserved. But. You know, after something like this happens, you really got to ask the question, like looking in hindsight, you're like, okay. Obviously, we didn't have our best players in the NBA on this team. I don't know who to blame for this collapse. I don't know if it's Grant Hill for putting the team together. I don't know if it's Steve Kerr actually getting, you know, having to coach a basketball team like this without the likes of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. I don't know if it's, you know, the clientele. Obviously, like Josh Hart and 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 Austin Reeves and some of these guys would never be on our FIBA national team, right? They picked personal guys that you know can fit and play some kind of role but it was obvious that we were completely outmatched on the defensive end the rebounding end. Brandon Ingram who Steve Kerr and Grant Hill wanted to come in and be that Kevin Durant be that Carmelo Anthony guy uh ended up sitting his butt on the bench and you know he 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 did play terribly I mean the guy averaged five points a game he shot a, a three for 11 from deep and only attempted two free throws the whole tournament right and then you know, watching those first couple games, you're like, okay, Jaron Jackson Jr., Ant Davis, or Anthony Edwards, like, oh, these guys are going to come up. They did not. Jaron Jackson was outplayed, outbodied. He only averaged, I think it was under three rebounds a game, which is definitely not enough. Um, we got it. We got exposed. And I want to ask who you think, whose fault you think it is. I think they played hard. I don't necessarily think that we had the right clientele. Now, obviously, when you don't meddle, uh, immediately LeBron, the Braun father calls, you know, the other families calls the, the Curry family, familia and, you know, the D book familia to, to see if they can organize uh, a team. And I think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get our guy like, come on, dude, Walker Kessler is on, is on our, is on this team. We were going to get outmatched and, and beat anyways. The, we still should have won, I think, but whose fault do you think it is at the end of the day? The only finger I can point is to the guys that did not come on this trip. The fault is of those top-tier players in America, many All-Stars, many All-NBAs, that said, no, I'm not going to go do this. I can't blame Steve Kerr for putting a ragtag team together and asking him to win a tournament in a matter of like two or three months. And maybe his coaching should have been better. But I, yeah, okay, maybe he's got some blame, sure. And certainly the guys on the floor, which I agree with you, I think it was a strong enough squad to make it to where we did, which is top four. But when you look at what this squad lacks, and I think you nailed it on the head, rebounding is the biggest 
I mean, that to me was the biggest stat that jumped out during this entire time is how well, how many times we got out rebounded. Uh, and while, you know, I think the notion can be that European big men are, are, you know, more slight or not as big or brawly and, and they like to stretch the floor. That is not necessarily the case for any of these teams, maybe Canada, but, you know, Serbia and, um, and Germany have like your traditional big guys running around out there. And yes, all of them can throw up a three, but so can, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, big men that we left off the roster here. So I don't know necessarily if I want to blame directly the guys that were asked and said no, uh, or if there was maybe a lack of recruiting of those guys from uh, Grant Hill, like maybe Grant Hill didn't do a good enough job of pressing on America's best players to get out in this tournament. Uh, but when you truthfully look at it, this is not our B team that we sent here. This is C or D level team Thank that you. we have compiled. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to take a step back. Yes, it's disappointing that we didn't finish uh, in a medal spot as we would expect. And I think it may have been naive for the USA to even be, uh, you know, in the the favorites for this tournament because of the personnel that we brought comparatively when you look around at the rest of the of the teams that that were out there um i just think we finished kind of where we we should have uh and we could have we could have advanced to the final game and we definitely could have won but it's not shocking to me that this collapsed in the way that it did and the last piece that i'll mention is all of these teams uh have continuity germany yep. They play together. They know their boys, right? Maybe maybe every once in a while there's a new buck that comes in there or somebody else that pops in that's not familiar with the team. But these guys have played together for a very long time. Serbia, the same thing. Canada, even. Really, there's been a lot of pretty consistent. You know, Linux has been on the Canada the Canadian team since 2010. Exactly, and mm -hmm. and I think the, the the piece that that may be overlooked is because we have such a depth of talent and such a number of choices that we can bring to these tournaments. It's not it's not unlikely for for this kind of thing to happen when you have guys that aren't even playing together on a regular basis but may have never even played together before they started training camp uh that's a huge discrepancy and the last piece i'll mention is it's time to dedicate one coach so it's not steve kerr's fault or greg popovich's fault or mike shashevsky's fault who all have their day jobs it's time to get one person who is the national team coach that works on this specifically, he doesn't go back to Duke and coach his boys in Duke. He doesn't go back to the NBA and coach the Warriors or the Spurs. This job, this job should be handled by one individual whose job it is to coach this team. And there needs to be continuity with that. We do it in soccer, especially. There's one coach for the U.S. national team. That is his job. It happens pretty much everywhere in the world of soccer. And I'm assuming it also happens in the world of basketball where you have one coach who's there for a long time. And I mean, a long time is in like four years, right? Anything beyond four years. Okay. Maybe there's going to be some, some shakeups. Uh, but when you're building to these competitions, I just, I'm not surprised when teams, we're the only team I think that did this slaps together a roster slaps together a coaching staff and says, okay, good luck. And expects. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work like that in, in sport, especially in basketball. But we saw it with the Heatles the first year. You just throw you throw these pieces together and think it's going to work. You didn't win a championship. You you throw Russell Westbrook in with with Aunt Dave, with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It doesn't work. Like things take time. Rudy Gay said it the best, right? First of all, let's go back to Colangelo and the effort that Colangelo had to go in and to make these teams, right? To make those dominant USA teams. Um it takes time. It takes three years of dedication. Having these people come in and dedicate three years of their life 
to winning a championship. And look, it, it sucks that we didn't win, but winning a gold medal like in the Olympics is something huge. Carmelo Anthony, who doesn't have a world championship or excuse me, an NBA championship has three gold medals. That's something he can hold his head high on, right? At least I have these gold medals. Rudy Gay came out and said they need to go back to tryouts. And I think they should. I love that idea. You want to have a tryout, put, put, you know, 50, invite 50 of the best NBA players and have a tryout, see who wants to be there. The fact that Trey Young, wanted to be on this basketball team but didn't get an invite but josh hart does and austin reeves does like give trey young the chance to be there now at the end of the day it's always going to be politics right there will be politics as to why some of these players got chosen it's obviously politics why trey young didn't get picked on the like trey young's getting the the isaiah thomas treatment right now for whatever reason we know the history of you know uh how his peers view him and whatnot i don't know trey young so i don't know how it is go back to a tryout Spend, you know, a week in Vegas or five days in Vegas like they used to do and see who really wants to play on this team. And then you'll know the people that are going to be committed for these three years. Representing our our country is a huge deal. And I just think that other countries seem to take way more pride on it. And you hit you hit it on the head with chemistry. Chemistry is everything in sport. And we saw it with Argentina. We saw it with Australia through the years. Like we saw it with Croatia, like all of these guys who have been playing together for so long. You have a bond. You have a chemistry. Uh, you, you know, it just works. There's pride in that. The years that you put into this basketball team, there's pride in that. And Sure, I think what's going to happen is LeBron probably will be the Avengers, be the Braun father, and bring everybody together to go back and win this chip. And also, you know, a sidebar on this, which maybe we should get into later, but like, say LeBron puts together this basketball. Say, first of all, your Lakers look great. The team looks great. We're going to get into that in a minute. Say Braun wins the chip this year and then goes and gets a gets his gold medal and rides off into the sunset. Five chips, three gold. It would be three, right, at that point for him. Three so. gold is, would be three. Then you might really have to have more of the GOAT conversation, whatever yeah. it is. If, if, if Melo has three, then Braun has three, right? I think so. I think so, too. So um, I think blame, like you say, can go everywhere on this. But I want the guys that want to be there. I don't want it to be invite only. I want to put all those people in the gym and, you know, bro, if, if, if you got Kyrie and Steph and Ja or wh whoever in a gym fighting for two spots that really want to be on the team, that's, those are the guys I want to see. So it was really disappointing. Well, this is the last thing that I'll bring up. And I think this speaks to the, just the general thoughts of international competition from an American standpoint. This is not the Olympics. This is the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And I think there was less of a prioritization, obviously, on this particular tournament. And it's getting a lot of notoriety, which is good, because guess what? We lost. We sent our C team, and we lost. So that means, guess what? If we want to compete in this tournament, we want to still be you know, the best country uh, in basketball globally then we need to put better players in these yes. tournaments, right? So it, the players themselves, that's why I started by saying I kind of want to blame the guys that didn't want to be there because they're the ones that we need to blame. They're the reason that we didn't have a stronger team, right? And and you didn't hear anything about LeBron going at all this summer going, I'm, gonna, I'm so ready to go over there and win that World Cup. Nobody right. said that. But guess what? The Olympics does mean something to people, in, to, to American basketball players, much more than this World Cup does. 
And that's obvious. Yeah. And I think the USA losing overshadows just like how good SGA was and what we're seeing and then how good Schroeder was, Schroeder winning the MVP. And look, I think Dylan Brooks in that final game with 39 was absolutely on a tear and huge, huge boost of confidence for him because going into the summer, I mean, Dylan Brooks was on the shit list of a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we talked about him a lot going in to to this summer and 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 then he got the bag in Houston and I don't know if you saw this or not but he's been actually working on his shot he's changed the tra- trajectory of the arc on his shot he's been working with this uh machine that helps change the arc on his shot cuz he's kind of like bow and arrow straight straight edge uh straight line shot he changed the arc he had a great game one defensive player of the of the tournament so while the while the FIBA term, tournament might not mean much to the Americans, I think it meant a lot to the other guys. Absolutely. Uh, it's a huge confidence boost. Both those guys, Dylan Brooks and Schroeder. We, you know, Schroeder fumbled the bag with, you know, declining the, the, the money. And he got a lot of flack for that. And now he's playing in Toronto in a place where he wants to be. There was that, that fight on the bench between him and uh, who was he fighting with? He was fighting it was with the head coach. I think it was that was him. And then one more who he plays in the NBA. Anyways, those players, Franz Wagner looked great. Mo Wagner looked great. Schroeder, Dylan Brooks, SGA, who was probably Tice. the Daniel Tice. Tice looked great. And some of those guys are just meant for it was like Scola, right? Like Scola in the Olympics was always freaking amazing, right? Some people are just built for this because they're playing with their boys that they played with their whole lives. And they right? know they, the plays, they know the systems, they know where to be, they know defensive I'm, rotations. It's I'm, yeah. And you know, I'm not comparing FIBA to like us playing pickup games, but like when we have our five, we know that we're really good with our five because we know our strengths and our weaknesses. And also, I think this goes to show you that, yeah, athleticism and skill set for the United States is nice, but can you run a proper pick and roll? Do you know where your center is going to be? Can you box out and rebound? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. The fact that 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 you ask BI. Brandon Ingram, who's one of the best players in the NBA, he's a walking bucket. You ask him to be Carmelo, you ask him to be Kevin Durant, but this is a guy that's had the ball in his hands his whole career. He knows what to do with it with that. He's not a stand in the corner guy. So I think you could have, you, you, you should, you utilized Ant Edwards very well, right? We saw the strengths in Ant Edwards. We saw the strengths in Austin Reeves and what he can bring to the table, but uh, we didn't see it with BI and, Again, going into the Olympics, when we do, Serbia is going to have Joker. Canada is going to probably have Jamal Murray and Andrew Wiggins, who's going to make him a better basketball yep. team. We need to come with the heat. So I am I am all for LeBron James gathering the troops, but also it needs to be – I want 12 guys, 13 guys that are going to be there and committed, and I want the best guys. I want Dame. I want Steph. I want Book. I want Tatum. I want Braun. I want PG to get an invite. Okay. I'd like Kawhi and I'd like Kawhi to get an invite. I don't think that guy will play. Um, <laughs> no, but we'll talk I, you're about right. Him. I do I, like Anthony Edwards, like, or uh, excuse me, Anthony Davis, like mm-hmm. they're the top players. I think, especially now will show up for the Olympics. And I think that, that that's maybe the silver lining, right? We, we win this, we win this tournament with that ragtag team. Who knows? Who knows right. who's going to show up for the Olympics, right? We lose. Guess what? You light the fire now. Now, now you get now you get the best boys. We're we're sending the A squad. We're sending no, the troops. No doubt about it. And right. and we will send the A squad, and we'll still have the same problems that we're talking about, and we're probably still going to win. 
right? The problems that we're talking about, continuity with coaching, continuity with players, continuity with an actual game plan, offensive, defensive game plan, X's and O's. All of that will still be a problem, and we will probably win if we send our greatest players. Do you think that next to Anthony Edwards, do you think that there's a player on this team that's going to be invited to play on this Olympic team? You don't You don't even think Anthony Edwards? I think Halliburton maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edwards, yeah, Edwards, he, he can make it. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's ready to go. Like, he was our best player. We called that out, like, even even in the prelims. Like, he's going to be the guy. He led the team in scoring. I think he's got the mentality for it. He wants to kill everything he sees. Uh, I think Edwards can make it. I think Halliburton can make it. Uh, everyone else, nope. nope. You know, Steph's nope. never never played. Steph's he never done it. No. Oh, that's time. It's totally time for him. Well, and, and- but I will let me say this. I, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. might make the team. That kind of depends on the bigs. Mm-hmm. But he kind of fits a nice – you know, you can look at him out there and be like, oh, that that works. He's long. He's pretty fast. Uh, I, he just got to get stronger. Uh, I, I, these people were blowing, blowing him over. But I do think we didn't we didn't bring enough big men for the rotations. I think there was an overpowering. We saw it with Austin Reeves. We saw it in a couple different of these games where we were just smaller than the teams that we were going up against. And that showed out in the rebounds. And I think we didn't do a good enough job of like Jaron Jackson and Anthony Davis on the same team as an, as, as a, for instance, right? Like playing two bigs, right. Having Jaron Jackson, maybe be the four mm-hmm. and playing Walker Kessler as the five. Like we, I, maybe we saw that a little bit, but not, not, not as much as I would like. And anyway, needless to say, Kessler Edwards would not be ticking, ticketing himself to the Olympics, right? He's not going to make it. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see who signs up now and, and whether or not Braun can, you know, the Revengers, everyone's calling it the Revengers. Ooh, I like if that. He can, if he can, yeah, if he can assemble the Revengers and and get you know get the old heads out there, but you know, I it it doesn't have to be LeBron and KD and Steph and Clay. It doesn't have to be thirty and up guys. There's plenty of fucking talent like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Anthony Edwards. There's all these young guys that I would love to see involved. Ja Morant, Trey Young. Sure, let's try it. Why not? Nothing works so far, so let's try Trey Young. Trey Young wanted to be there. Like I know. So, but I just, I just think, I, I think that it doesn't need to be this thing where LeBron has to bring the old boys out with their walkers and their, you know, all of their their ice that they're gonna have. There's so much ice is gonna have to be uh, used. Uh, wherever these Olympics are taking place, it, it it we already have a water we have a drought in the world, so let's not bring the guys that need more ice. You know, like uh, let's bring the young bucks that are that are all stars, right? And I I think we tried that in a sense, but we just didn't we didn't get the the top tier of the young boys. And look, I, I think Jaw would have been a huge huge addition to this team, Jaw Morant, and he's mm-hmm. not in a spot to be joining this team. So I completely mm-hmm. understand his situation specifically. But like Ja and Zion, why why wouldn't they be on the Olympic team next year? And and who the hell is going to do anything with that? Yeah, facts. I I was thinking when I was watching the games though, and again this is Clipper bias, and I got to throw it in. But like I thought Terrence Mann would have been great on this team, or at least trying. <laughs> like we need a defense, we needed defensive players, energy and shit like that. I thought Terrence would have been great on it. So that's my Terrence Mann plug. Um, any any more? To say on the FIBA man, disappointing FIBA. I hope Draymond's there. I'm gonna say that. I hope Draymond Green is there. Uh, if especially if it's gonna be the old heads, uh, I just think like his mentality and the way that he plays the game 
causes a lot of problems, obviously, based on what we've seen in his career. But I think mm-hmm. he's kind of the guy that would be great. He can play up in size. He's not going to get out rebounded, you know, uh, maybe a few technical fouls here and there, but that comes with the territory. Uh, and I love him as like a small ball four uh, or even a five, but mostly a small ball four alongside another big body like Anthony Davis or someone in that ilk. Yeah, he would be perfect for that. And there was always there was Tyson Chandler, there was Carlos Boozer, those guys that were intricate pieces into winning White teams Howard. like Dwight Howard, hundred percent. Yes, I'm with you on that. And there's also this, you know, farewell of LeBron tour here. This is yes. the last chance for Steph and Braun to play together. Right. So it could be the Bond. last hurrah. It could be the last hurrah. And I'm not saying that that wouldn't work and that we wouldn't win and it wouldn't be awesome to see all those guys assemble the Avengers. I'm just mm-hmm. saying we don't need that. It doesn't right. have to be that. We have a lot of talent, but it would be an awesome. I, I mean, I personally hope that it's you know the 35 and up club and you got Steph and Katie and Chris Paul and LeBron and everybody and maybe well, maybe they just bring, in the invite just, just bring Melo anyway just put Melo on the bench anyway <laughs> why not just put him that's on. that is great idea Drew <laughs> I love that idea but I I'm pretty sure the dom the dom domino it's going to take is just Braun saying all right I commit and then the floodgates will open every the, a lot of these players will want I mean it's in Paris dude like where else do you Hell why yeah. not spend the summer in Paris so I'm all for that. Um, some other news this week, Drew. It's the uh, Adam Silver came out and finally got another wish of his. Yep. And we're going to call it the Clipper rule. Finally, load management. This is all focused on the Clippers, guys. Uh, every social media post about the load management fines and whatnot are all Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. There is no other uh, <laughs> people they are using. I hate this so much. And the reason why I hate this, I see you laughing, Drew. No, you're not bullying me on this show, Drew. It's this funny. Is- it's funny, Clips. You're not wrong. It's funny. It's 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 just the Clippers, yep. right? In every social yeah. media post. Well, the Lakers, too. LeBron and AD were in a couple. There of was them. one. There, there was, was one. a couple. There was a couple. So two weeks ago on this show, I had mentioned, look, okay, first, let me start it like this. Something needed to be done with load management and players sitting. From a fan standpoint, I understand. I understand why Adam Silver wanted uh, to get something implemented so that star players are not resting. I understand how fans working hard, spending this this bread to go see LeBron or to go see Kawhi or to go see Trey Young or Luca or whatever, and they don't get to see them. I understand that. There has to be something in place to kind of stop this shit. I get it. But um, – the rules are, you know, two stars can't rest at the same time. First fine is going to be 100K. Second fine is going to be 250. Third fine is going to be a million. A million's deep. 100K ain't deep for Balmer. 250 ain't deep for Balmer. Millions is million is where it kind of hurts the pockets. Well, yeah. No, no millionaire wants to fork up a million dollars. But Correct. he's making a lot of interest, so he can he can afford it. But uh, I'm I'm sure he wouldn't like to see it part. Nobody, no rich guy likes to part with a million dollars. Exactly. But I brought up two weeks ago, Drew, about how the Clippers once again got screwed on the schedule, right? Nobody has more back-to-backs than the Clippers. Nobody has more three and fives than the Clippers. Nobody has more afternoon games than the Clippers. So while I understand not wanting to sit two star players at the same time and star players are categorized as uh, if you've made an all NBA or an all-star team in the past three years, because that was the first thing I thought about. Well, what, you know, how do you define star? How do you define, right? Is that means Clay Thompson's not a star. Okay. Is Russell Westbrook. I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he made an all-star team. um, In the last three years. 
I, we, it's close. <laughs> we should know that. I know for a fact it's not Clay Thompson. Yeah. So this is my question, though, is, and of course, I'm speaking on behalf of the Clippers. On these these three and five nights and the back-to-backs that the Clippers have, so you play 45 minutes on the front end, and then you go, you can fly into Denver the next day, and you, and you got to play. It's hard for a lot of players, and some players do need the rest. And who is the NBA to say when your body's doesn't feel like playing. I I don't, I, I know the science is there. I just don't understand. Like I, under, okay. Put it this way. I understand not wanting both stars out at the same time. Okay. If Kawhi Leonard's out, Paul George, you got to play when Paul's out Kawhi, you got to play. And if they're injured, they're injured. They don't, you know, it, you don't have to play if you're injured. That's the major point. I think you're, you're forgetting is that injuries they're not overlooking injuries. So if Kawhi is injured and Paul George needs a rest, you will not get fined. Right. So do, do, do you think that this is definitely a Clipper rule? I like, I like where they're <laughs> going with it. I like where they're going with it. Um, and as a Clipper fan, I want Kawhi Leonard playing when he's okay to be playing. I yes. don't want Kawhi Leonard playing if his knee is hurting him or if he needs some rest because his yep. knee has been bothering him. That's what I don't want. I don't want Adam Silver and the, and the NBA to be coming in and be like, well, you're not hurt enough for you to not play exactly. or you're not tired enough. Are you hurt are you, yeah. or are you injured? Are you hurt or are you injured? Right. Yeah, but there's, what's the difference? The question. No, I what's know the... that's it's, a, it's an impossible question because all you need is the team doctor to go. Nope, he's injured. Not hurt. He's injured. Right. right. And then so is there, those a, team doctors are going to get their pockets greased a little bit here by some superstars, I feel like, bro. Or it's a third party that has to come in like they did on the NFL sidelines. You know, they had yeah. to bring in a third party doctor. Right. Uh, I just I. People, All right. So here, here's here, do you have more to say? Do you have something else? You go ahead. It's not a Clipper rule because there's 15 total teams in the NBA that have at least two stars on their team, according to the rules of all NBA or all star in the last three seasons, 15 Celtics, Bulls, Sixers, Cavs, Warriors, Bucks, Clippers, Hawks, Lakers, Heat, Suns, Timberwolves, Timberwolves, Kings, Mavericks, Grizzlies. That's 15. That's half the NBA. So it's not a Clipper rule. Uh, It's a rule that is built for the betterment of and the engagement of the regular season, something that has been lacking. And dude, we watch, you know, this, everyone that listens to this show knows this. We watch all the games and some nights they all suck mm-hmm. some nights they all suck guess what oh uh brandon ingram's out zion's out great national televised pelicans game that sounds fantastic uh, let me watch uh none of those guys run around oh they're who they're playing they're playing the clippers oh cool paul george is out Kawhi is out awesome this is a game i don't want to watch anymore right don't don't need to watch this game and they had to fix that problem but what they did is they, they just Put some red tape around a problem that left a huge gap for people to loophole, right? Another injured, loophole. What's mm-hmm. injured or what's hurt, right? That's that's the easiest problem for this. And I don't know how they're possibly going to discern whether or not a player is eligible for rest or injury or what have you. Like, where does mental illness come into this, right? Their mental I was going to say that. Mental illness awareness is huge in the NBA. It's very high, which is great. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me that all I have to do without in order to not get fined is to say I have a mental illness problem or I'm, I'm a little mentally fatigued and I don't mm-hmm. want to play tonight. And, th- and, and somehow that's going to be okay. Even though there's no real concrete way to determine whether or not that person is lying or telling the truth. It's a loophole, bro. Mm-hmm. So look, this is red tape. This is to ensure 
mostly it's a it's a public statement to the fans, right? This is more to the fans that want to come out to these games than anything else. Hey, fans, right. NBA has just instated a rule that when you go to a game, a star will be playing. Possibly. Most likely, most likely, <laughs> you're right. Most likely, because uh, if they don't, we're taking their money away. We're taking that million dollars after the third time. So it's mostly, I think, a, a publicity stunt because I don't think it will actually change anything about the way that the, the NBA goes about this stuff other than just uh, notating load management or notating rest as a reason for someone to miss a game. That notation will be smaller and smaller now, uh, fewer and fewer, and maybe even non-existent now. Now it'll be be, uh, illness, another one. Oh, my stomach, my stomach's a little, I got the bubble guts, can't play. Okay, illness, done. We'll put that on there. Mental health problem, done. Injury. Uh, Yeah, you know, I stubbed my toe in that last game, and it really hurts when I take a step on it. Or my ankle is really sore. Uh, I had surgery on it last year, and now it's real sore. How do you handle that? I'm going to put that down as an injury. I can't play. So instead of actually doing anything, I really think this is just putting a name on something that they're not actually going to solve. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. I just think that there has been – now you have to play 65 games to, to get – To qualify all NBA. for All-NBA. And guess what? A lot of those guys won't qualify for that, and that's one less year for them to be considered a star. So eventually, all these guys that have injury problems won't be on that list, right? Has Kawhi Leonard made an all-star team in the last three years? Yeah, he was MVP. In the last well, three years? Yeah, he won the Kobe Award. Okay, so that was two years ago, right? So he only has to three. miss he only has to miss All-NBA and an All-Star for one more year before he doesn't qualify for this rule anymore. And so then like, also- all of this shit, is just, it's just nothing. It's nothing. There's no substance here. And it can kind of be the same thing we were talking about, about playing those 65 games. So, so, so say Kawhi and back to what you said, though, this is a Clipper rule. Load management comes from the Clippers. Load management came from Kawhi, right. who happens to be now on the Clippers. Right. And if you have any dialogue, any person that doesn't like Kawhi or doesn't like the Clippers, <laughs> the first thing they will say, well, is he going to play? Oh, he doesn't play enough games for me. It's a it's a Clipper rule. And he played more games that, than KD last year. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> Look at Drew not bullying me this week. Uh, but also, so say say they're on that back to back. Kawhi drops that. It plays forty five minutes. We win the game. We go to Denver. Who's to say that Kawhi can't check into the game, take one jumper, and just be like, "I'm not." Tyloo takes you out. Another you loophole. Know, who's stopping that? Is Adam Silver going to be overlooking all of that? You know. So I just think you're definitely right with the loopholes that are going to be done. Um, I just, it, it just seems like Adam and the CBA, they're just trying to force players to be playing as many games as possible. And I guess that's what you want. When you put your product out there, you want your best product, right? Yep. You do. You do. And look, man, it's, it's the truth, right? They're trying to ramp up like with the in-season tournament, something we brought up, they're trying to ramp up interest in the regular season and they're competing pretty directly with the NFL, right? They've done a great job. Like you, you will see very, very, very few NBA games on Thursdays and Sundays. You will see very few of them. Uh, there will be games, but there's not gonna, they're not going to load the deck until the NFL is done, right? That's when Christmas games start. And that's when we get all hell breaks loose and all the coverage and TNT and ESPN. It's all going there. Uh, look, they want people to tune into this and they want these games to matter. That's what the that's what the tournament is doing. The in season tournament is doing. That's what the the restrictions on NBA all NBA, which has long been needed. The sixty five games is a minimum. It, it makes the most sense in the world. Yes, to have that restriction in there, and I yes. think that's the one that's more impactful than this 
different like you know load management rule or whatever the hell we're going to call it uh and look i i can understand it and i think it's good it's good for the game i i I hope it works i hope we get to see more stars out there i just can see that this is not going to solve the problem um we got to get dark a little bit here drew do you mind getting dark well i know what we're going to talk about so i'm not looking forward to it yeah you know other news that came out this week is KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr. got arrested two days ago for domestic violence on his girlfriend, former or current WNBA player who hasn't played in about a year. I don't know if she's taking time off or whatnot, but uh, he was arrested. They were at Fashion Week, and from what I read, uh, KPJ didn't come home until like 6.45 in the morning. The girlfriend had locked him out of the hotel room, didn't want him coming in. Uh, hotel security let him in and he proceeded to break her cheekbone and bloody. She didn't get away. The only way she got away is by sliding out and getting out the door and running down to catch somebody. She was all bloody. KPJ gets arrested. And I mean, this guy has just a history of this. He has a history of anger issues. And I think he's played his last game in the NBA, man. I really do. I don't think he's going to get another shot at this unless there's some major help being done. He, he, he needs to worry about going to prison and the signs have all been there. Right. So he throws soup on, on, on what, what coach did he throw it on at Cleveland? Right. It was a uh, Daniel. No, it was, it was Damian uh, Jones, the assistant coach. No. Yeah. That, no. Does that Damian Jones was the name? He was the, maybe I'm point. thinking I might be mixing up J.R. Smith. Didn't it? Didn't he also throw soup? I don't know. <laughs> he threw something, right. Yeah. Got, got, got his way out of, out of Cleveland. Um, he had some arrests, some vehicular arrests. There's been uh, arrests with with this woman too. There's a history of of I don't know if it's beatings, but I know he smashed his, her car in or all this stuff. Look, the bottom line is this: I'm I, I pray for his girlfriend because this is traumatic. This is not the way you want to go out. Um, I pray that she gets the help that she needs, and I I pray that. KPJ gets the help he needs, but he does not need to be on a basketball team right now. He does not need to be playing in the NBA and the NBA doesn't need to take lightly to domestic violence whatsoever. This guy is a violent person. He has major anger issues. He doesn't belong on an NBA team. And especially I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets right now. We had this discussion in the beginning of the summer league where Houston was playing great. Where are they going to put Cam Whitmore? Where, you know, Jabari, Jabari Smith needs some more minutes. Cam Whitmore just got a job. Just got more minutes on the team because this guy is going to be taking Kevin Kevin Porter Jr., who's a talent and good and whatnot. We can do the NBA can do without Kevin Porter Jr. There is plenty of talent in the NBA that this guy obviously doesn't care about or doesn't you know respect the fact that he's an NBA player and he has this great opportunity to play for a really cool organization, a new coach, uh, new new clientele coming in there, new teammates. So he doesn't deserve to be on the team anymore. And I don't care if I ever hear about Kevin. Porter Jr. again. He's not that great of a basketball player. It's not a huge loss. You know, uh, I, it's just it's just mind-boggling to me that and he got paid, Drew. They gave him an extension, $80 million, you know what I'm saying, to play with Houston. So I think his NBA career is over. I hope he gets the help he deserves. And this is just tragic. He needs help. He needs to go see, see somebody for this um, because it's just going to happen again. The signs have been there, man. Well, yeah, you know, it feels like every year now, maybe even more frequent than that, we have a podcast where we have to talk about another NBA guy doing something like this. And it sucks. 
I don't like talking about it. I don't like seeing it. Right. This is it's almost it seems like almost a replica of what Miles Miles Bridges did to his girlfriend or fiance or wife, whoever it was, right around this time last year, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Wasn't it just right around this when he time? was up for his extension? Right around this time last year, mm-hmm. something like this happened with him, and then uh, I think a kid who's on the Lakers now had a, a domestic violence. Jackson Hayes had mm-hmm. some domestic violence. So look. The NBA can't prevent these sorts of actions, but I do think they can do better uh, with monitoring and offering assistance or requiring assistance from guys that have this sort of checkered past. Like you mentioned, Kevin Porter Jr. This is not an isolated incident. Uh, look, I, 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 I thought Miles Bridges was going to go to jail. He did not. I thought he was going to be done from the NBA. He is not. He's mm-hmm. going to be on the Charlotte Hornets this year. So nothing of the past makes me think that this is going to be any different for a talented young man in Kevin Porter Jr. Other than uh, at least Miles was an all-star, right? He got to like, or, or, or pseudo all, he was very close to that one that two years ago, whenever it was, he, he most improved player or something like that. Right. Maybe he wasn't all-star, but he had a hell of a, hell of a season. And Kevin Porter Jr. has never, he's never, <laughs> never reached that level with his career. So maybe that will be the reason that he gets pushed off to the side. Uh, look, man, I, I believe in second chances. I believe in redemption. I believe in mistakes that can be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you're correct. The NBA does not need Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, I would be very unhappy to see him playing NBA basketball again, just like I'm not going to be super stoked to see Miles Bridges play next year. I don't. I think he, you know, he probably deserved to have that taken away from him. From, for, from his actions. And I think that's the case here with Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, but I think Kevin Porter Jr. will go to jail. I have a I feeling think... that he's, I feel like he's going to go and do serve prison time. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, like I said, I believe in second chances. I believe in redemption. But second chances, you only get one of those. You only get one second chance. And it and seems, it seems like, like he's had many. Seems like he's on three or four now. And I was listening to somebody, I don't know who it was. I was listening to some podcast the other day, somebody that is close to the, the Houston organization. And he said the, up, the the higher ups said they don't know how to deal with this guy. It wasn't even this instance. They said there was just things where we don't know how to deal with this guy. And then Houston comes out today saying they're willing to trade Kevin Porter. Don't nobody want to take Kevin Porter Jr. and your and, draft picks? And they know that, yeah, and draft picks, right? They had right. they were giving KPJ and draft picks to an organization. Right. And it's just who's who's gonna raise their hand and go all right me we'll take presty presty wants to take more picks so he's gonna go okay fine i'll I'll take how many i'll give you two more first i'll take him i'll cut him Mm -hmm. uh and i think you're right i think he's gonna he's gonna go to jail i just hope that uh he gets the help he deserves or he he should get not deserves um i feel so bad for her also i just like to say that like of course nobody deserves to to have that happen to them and especially from from what you mentioned like i think she was asleep and then he, he just he just like started beating on her. So that's just so all types of fucked up. And I hate I hate that that this happens. And I, I want it to stop happening. There should be a no tolerance policy with this with the NBA. That's no what shit. Yeah. There should you can do I know the NBA. What's a privilege? To... Being in the NBA, being yes. a professional athlete, getting paid millions of dollars is not a right. It is right. a privilege. And there should be a no tolerance policy. Yes, do your own investigation. Like when they asked the NBA, they said, yeah, we have our own. We're going to make sure that this actually happened. Yes. And then yes. it should be 
you know, OJ Mayo, right? Got kicked out of the NBA for weed. You know, yeah. lost his whole career. Tyreek Evans. Ty- Tyreek Evans, right? Same shit. Like, th- for a no-tolerance for weed policy. Get the hell out of here. Have a no-tolerance policy about hitting women. How about that? How about that? And how about that? And maybe if you're Ja Morant, you can get away with flashing a gun a couple times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd rather. Ja- I'd, I'd much rather KPJ be flashing fucking machine guns yes. than beating on women. Absolutely. Yes. Go ahead and flash your AK-47s, bro. Take that slap on the wrist. That's, I mean, I'd much rather that. And I would rather neither, of course. But uh, yeah, what he did is way over the line. Yeah. Uh, in similar news too, you know, Kai Jones on the Hornets. It's different news. It's not similar. It's not similar. He, well, didn't, it's, he didn't beat anybody. No, <laughs> it's similar as to the fact anybody. where somebody, look, man, somebody needs to reach out and talk to Kai Jones. Yeah. I think Kai Jones right now is going through some shit. His Instagram live was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Now, look, I know alcoholics. I, I know what they're like. This guy is on something else. I'm not in the house. I'm not saying he's doing drugs, but the way this guy was sweating, the way this guy was talking weird. And that's what drug addicts do. He's on something. Okay. I don't know what it is. It could be life high on life, but that was one of the weirdest <laughs> things I had ever seen on a live. Somebody needs to reach out to him and talk to him and make sure he's okay. And then like, to, you know, you want to know how I think you're on drugs, Kai Jones, you come out today on Twitter saying that you would beat LeBron James one-on-one 100%. You would beat Shaquille O'Neal prime diesel one-on-one 100%. That's drugs talking. That's not like Anthony Edwards saying that funny stuff. Cause Anthony Edwards is funny. This guy actually believes this, right? He was even talking shit about his own teammates. What is going on in Charlotte, Right. Maybe MJ saw the writing on the wall like, yo, this is not the group of guys that I think I should be putting my my billions of dollars behind. I want Kai Jones to get help. He was great in summer league. He's the one that punched on Wembenyama. I liked him last year. But you can't come out and say that you're a better shooter, you, you could beat LeBron James, prime diesel, and you average 2.3 points a game. Something's wrong with him. Coaching staff, management, uh, whoever if it's Gordon if Gordon Hayward is the vet on that team who probably wants the hell out of there he probably is like Eric Gordon was on Houston like can you get me out of this shit show please <laughs> let me go anywhere but here somebody Dallas. needs to reach out to, there's to Dallas a, if it's not drugs Drew it's something mental's going on yeah. with Kyle so yeah. I, I I want him to get help too. What do you think of that? You saw the 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 live, right? What, how about this? What is up with all NBA players going live when they're having like breakdowns or doing dumbass shit? Or is it a cry for help? Are you crying for help? Do you need help? Because under all of this, all these layers, that's what it has to be, man. I think it's a generational gap between you and me and uh, the younger kids that that the IG live when when you're when you're doing something crazy or stupid or uh, I don't whatever like you want to get a point across you have to go on IG live okay that's fine like but that's not that's not how I do things that's not how you process things you go on IG live to I don't know have something to talk about there's something that you'd like to do or something something you want to talk about with somebody else like whatever I think there's a generational gap for the IG live piece. It's it surprises me every single time you guys pull out their phones for the world to witness and then sometimes do things that they shouldn't let the world witness. In this instance, man, I do it does feel like uh you know, I don't I really don't want to accuse him of doing something here, but it does it looked a lot like some drug use. And I don't when I say drug use, I don't mean like he's fucking snorting coke 
But, you know, there's legal drugs that can make you do that stuff, right? I mean, you could just be pounding uh, Adderall. Uh, you know, you could you could be pounding Adderall and drinking. Uh, you could be pounding Adderall and smoking weed. Like, there's all these other things that it doesn't have to be like he's smoking crack or he's, right. he's doing some illicit illegal drug. Mm -hmm. uh, but whatever he's doing, it I, I just hope he stops, right? Like, I hope I hope it's okay. I hope he's okay, physically okay, and that he's not damaging you know, like his organs or damaging his brain or, or addicted to any of this sort of stuff. Uh, look, man, we all have crazy nights, right? All of us have oh, some yeah. crazy nights every once in a while. You know, back in my past, there'd be some crazy shit that I do for sure. And I'm not going to hash that for the world, right? Because that's not what I do. I'm not going to go rehash <laughs> the crazy shit that I've done in my life. Uh, but it, this does, it just doesn't seem like a one-off scenario here. Uh, and I'm hoping that this isn't like some form of, you know, like this habit forming thing that he's going to, you know, potentially lose uh, a promising NBA career, albeit he scored two points a game last year. He is uh, a tremendous athlete. I mean, he's nice. He can play, dude. I, I, I agree with him uh, in his mindset. I have no problem with him thinking that he should be getting more playing time. I have no problem with him thinking that he's better than his teammates. I, if I'm a coach, I want every player on my team to think that they could or might be the best player on that team or fight to try and be the best player on that team. So all of that is fine. It's just I'm really worried that he's like damaging this opportunity for himself uh, for, for some reason or another, whether it's a disagreement with the coaching staff, uh, whether it's a disagreement with the front office uh, about a trade, whatever it is. Uh, I, I just hope the, the dude's okay, right? That's all I can hope for. And that I, I hopefully it isn't what the maybe, maybe he just maybe he just ran around the block. Maybe just because he's so fired up, he just doing sprints in the backyard and then decided to go on IG Live. It didn't feel that way, but I'm not gonna rule that out because I didn't see hit. I didn't That's see fair. him. And so I just I know that we're always immediately gonna jump to conclusions here. But I want to say, of course, his behavior looks a certain way, which is why people are viewing it that way. But it doesn't always have to be that. But, you know, you're right. I, I'm not, I just hope I'm, I hope he's all right. That's all I care about. You're definitely right. And I'm not I'm not coming on here saying I, I'm not confirming that this guy is on drugs. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that normal people don't act like he was acting. It was very strange, very odd. And I just think somebody needs to do a welfare check on him. Yeah, or go go yes. and and check on him and make sure that his mental health is okay because that looked strange. So, um, let's come out of the darkness, Drew. I want to bring up something. Got to have some Clipper talk. My boy, Podcast P, had Steve Ballmer on the show, and it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome having Ballmer on the Podcast P show. I don't plug a lot of podcasts, man, but Podcast <laughs> P, I will plug. The Ballmer interview was amazing, and um. As you all know, like obviously Balmer is a huge basketball fan, diehard Clipper fan. Just he told the story on how he got the Clippers yeah. and the money it took. And he's just like, is it going to be? I, he's like, I know I overpaid 10 percent. Yeah. But he wanted it. He wanted the Clippers. That's how he made it. And th just just the dialogue between him and Paul. It gives me assurance that like there's no way Paul Paul George is getting traded. Like you're not getting traded, Paul, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, but I thought the interesting thing was, and we touched on it on the last show, was uh the his passion project, which is not only owning the Clippers, but the Intuit Dome. And uh he brought up some just this this arena, Drew, 
is going to be absolutely iconic. It'll be like the ninth wonder of the world. Like this thing, <laughs> the, pers- the what's going into this arena, like he even brought up shit that I didn't even know, right? So the main focus, which was just, a, it was a pipe dream idea when they started drawing up the Intuit Dome was the scoreboard, right? Scoreboard, most scoreboards, the average scoreboard in arenas are 9,000 square feet. The Clippers into a dome is an acre, 44,000 square feet is what this, this freaking uh, this, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> no, no, it's it's an acre. It's an acre in size, right? So this thing's going to be magical. He brought up that this arena is going to be shaped like a bowl, right? It's going to be shaped like a bowl. He, he made this arena for the fan with the fan in mind. Even the dumb shit that we were talking about, about the toilets. He said, the one thing that bothered me the most was going to any sporting event, having to wait in line, missing the part of the game. The toilets are important because we want people, like I said, to be able to take a piss and get back to their seat to watch the game. There going to be TVs in the toilets. Sometimes they put the TVs in the urinals. I don't see why they wouldn't, Drew. Right? I mean, like you're building it from be- scratch, just put, just pop it in there. The CCTV I think at the urinal. Everything's cashless too. They want things to right. streamline in the arena, right? And it's shaped like a bowl so that people in the front get more leg room, people at the top get more headroom, and you get to watch the game. He brought up the fact that the chairs are going to be wider. There's going to be more room for you to be sitting. Each chair. That's this was for me, bro. How about this, though, Drew? How about this? Each chair is going to have electrical outlets for you to plug your phone hey, in. Tra- hey. It's the little things, right? Because even when I go to games, I'm so concerned about not having enough battery life to catch something, <laughs> right? So he had all, he had this with the fan in mind, and I just know for a fact that this is going to be something to to really marvel at. If we thought Staples was was top of the line, yeah. this place is going to be top of the line. So I was really excited about that. What are your thoughts on the forty four thousand square foot uh, scoreboard, the seats? What do you think? Well, man, I'm just so happy for the Clippers, man. The you know the the orphaned essentially orphaned organization are you doing this again drew no without a home you you've never really had a home to call your own this is what i'm saying and this is awesome this is awesome not only do you get a home it's not like a hand-me-down shit we're not we're not lakers are not building this arena and then handing you the staple center right you are carving this out for yourselves i think it's fucking phenomenal yeah I really do. And and I didn't and I wasn't trying to take a dig there. I understand how you could take it that way. Okay. You know, I'm sensitive defenses, right now. Your defenses are up, of course. They are. They are. But but you, I, it's the truth. Every other fucking team in the NBA has their own stadium. Except for you. And that's the, that's this is awesome. And and for it to happen now, right? For it to for it to be with this guy who's willing to spend the buku bucks to make it the best arena in basketball is tremendous it's incredible i think it's awesome i i'm i look forward to seeing what it looks like when it's done uh i think you and i are gonna have to go catch a game there i'm going to the first game no matter what i'm going to the first game i will pay whatever it takes i think this is a huge huge win for clippers as far as like maybe even grabbing more of the la population as fans and peeling away some that might have leaned on the lakers but you know all of that will come down to how well you guys do as a team in the sport uh but look man with the sofi stadium here in la and now this new arena like we're popping bro we are popping you want to catch a football game best arena in the world you want to catch a basketball game we're gonna have the best arena in the world both will be like 20 minutes from each other so uh 
the the innovation, the technology, I'm I'm fired up for it. I'm actually now now I'm saying all this. I'm I'm gonna be a little pissed if there's not TVs at the urinals. Oh, I'm sure that's gonna happen. There, or at least there'll be TVs in the bathrooms. The other thing that I forgot to say was that there are two sections that will seat. Uh, it's like I think it's 500 to 1,000 fans. It's standing room only. It's for the college atmosphere. There will be no screens. There will be nothing blocking them. No it's chairs. The it's standing room only, just oh. like you're. At, but it's for right behind the the backboard. So wow. when opposing teams are shooting their free throws, you have a, a thousand fans that are standing there, yeah, yeah. only there to distract you. Right? There's nothing there to see except for these fans. So. I just think the thought going into this, he must have had a crazy like round table with the top NBA fans. Like, what do you hate? What do you love? What would you want? <laughs> and then he's just checking it off. Can we do this? Can we make this happen? And it's getting done. I just think the end product is going to be something that is going to be beautiful. And I am, Drew. I am very excited to have our, our place that we call home. Hopefully we can hang exactly. a banner there one day. And you know what? I hope we get to put statues up one day. And I, I think just the, the demographics of having two arenas in town was what made it hard for the Clippers and Lakers to be in here. Right? And now we have a home and away. Now we actually get a home we and do. away series for the first time ever. Well, not ever. I mean, San Diego. It's you, three you blocks. Call, or you can call it what you want when you were the San Diego Clippers, but that was all so long ago. Who even mm. remembers that? But you know what I mean. It it it's it's going to create a better atmosphere for those games. You'll have a legit home crowd. Mm. Well, who knows? Maybe the Laker fans will still flood in there. But uh, you know, the reason they did that was because Clippers tickets were cheaper than Lakers tickets. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the case now with this brand new stadium and and you know you know potentially packed houses. So. Uh, I'm I'm fired up for it, bro. I'm telling you, if the Clippers don't reach out to me and offer me tickets to that first game, I don't need to be on the floor. I shouldn't have to pay for the tickets. Put my ass in a seat, okay? That's all I want. I want to be with my Clipper Nation friends. And you should write I don't a letter like to Steve Ballmer and tell him about your fanhood, about your your past with the Clippers. I guarantee you, he'll slide you ticket. He might even slide you like like half the season tickets. Well, I don't like to go to games either. I just want to go to the first one. I don't. I mean, I I like to go to playoffs. You had half season tickets. We'd go to a lot more than one game. Oh, in, that's a brand new, in a brand new, in a brand new arena, parking you know, parking is going to be new and 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 parking is going to be improved. It ain't like the weird downtown Staples area where you got to find a, a well. You're driving because I'm a steakhouse I'm, or park on the side of the street. Well, you're driving because I'm buying a golf cart here very shortly. I don't oh, need well, a car that. anymore in the town I live in. I'll drive. I'll drive the Clips and Drew wrapped golf cart. That's coming next. But yes, yeah. Drew, I, I I like to watch games from the Clips Castle, but I will be at the first one and I will be at the finals victory when we win. Love, I love all of this. If if you were gonna put one clipper, random off the hip here, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna struggle with this, I think. But if you're gonna put one clipper right now, in all of the history of the Clippers, as a statue, in front of this new stadium, who is the statue of? You know, it's crazy, and it probably shouldn't be, but like, I think the years that define the Clippers are Lob City, right? I just think that's our most defining years. Um. Obviously, we have. I think the people that wanted to, be, it would be Blake, probably. It'd be Blake or uh, Chris. Yeah, it'd be Blake or CP, and <clears throat> those are just our defining years. You know, I think we have a lot of historically cool players, like you know Quentin and, and Darius Miles. We talked on the last one. You brought up Elton Brand, Sam Cassell. Those guys were huge, huge parts of our organization we have Kawhi and pg right now who could probably get it we no, i don't think anybody deserves a statue right now at all um but 
that would that would be probably who I'd pick because I mean Blake, man, Jesus. I think we're also recency biased. Like people are forgetting how great Blake Griffin was. What <laughs> a dear Blake Griffin was, right? Like Blake yeah. was something special, something really to marvel at, man. And that whole team, I mean, that was the most exciting team in basketball, dog. Yeah, they really, they really was. Jamal Crawford. You know what I'm saying? Even the years like then we had guys like Reggie Evans, who was just horrible basketball player, but a dog, man. Like you yeah. wanted Reggie, Matt Barnes, those guys, those teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, off 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 the hip, probably Blake. But there's more historical players like Danny Manning was really important to us. Yeah. We were horrible. You know, we uh, yeah. uh, even, I just hung my Sean Livingston jersey over here. People forget like how nice Sean Livingston was, you that know, was a tough injury for Sean. I I was there. It, yeah, it was, was horrible. So that, I, was I don't think I was trying to think. Uh, there's one going back to the Buffalo Braves days. Well, we had Norm Nixon. We had World Be Free. Yeah, had, no, that's uh, San Diego. I'm saying uh, who was our guy? Well, Buffalo treated... was World. Oh, that was Buffalo. Yeah, I think that was San Diego. Uh, and I also don't. Oh, was... sorry, Bob McAdoo was Buffalo. McAdoo, that's the one. McAdoo that's the Buffalo. one. That's mm-hmm. the one I was thinking of. McAdoo might be the the most historically significant player to ever come through the franchise. But I think once you change your name from Braves to Clippers, that delineates a, a stoppage there for statues. I think it's got to be Blake. Uh, I I really do. I think it would have to probably be Blake Griffin. Pretty sad. Point. It's pretty sad the, that it's the Blake. truth of the matter is he will not be enshrined in a statue when it's all said and done. It'll be somebody else that graces the. Uh, uh, the marble. Um, well, I hope that I hope this is what arena. I hope for the arena. I hope that there is at least a section or acknowledgement for some of these past players who, although we have had not the best history as a franchise, there are players that have come in and, and contributed and that are special to us Clipper fans. And if, if this arena is for us fans, for us Clipper fans, there are some of these players that are very important to us. And I would like them to be acknowledged. You know, Brent Berry won the Brent slam. Barry. I was going to say Brent Berry. <laughs> and I used to, and Brent was the homie, you know, the, I, I'm sure I've told this story on the show. Chris but like, Kamen, Chris Kamen, the all-star. Cave, caveman, caveman, baby. The guy. You know, when Brent Berry won that, won the dunk contest in 96, he bought a brand new Benz. Took me to lunch the next day. We we ditched school. Me and the ball boys. We went to practice, and Brent took us all to McDonald's just because he could. That was a great memory. So yeah, um, we got to get into final thought, Drew. So you got okay. a final thought for me? Yeah, I got one for you. It, this goes back. Well, first I got two. It's two two parter because Christian Wood is now in the Lakers. What a discount! My God, this team just keeps getting better. Uh, Two years, $5.7 million for Christian Wood. I think he's going to flourish, bro. And look, I'm not going to hold my breath and say that we're going to see the type of turnaround out of Christian Wood that we saw out of Rui Hachimura, but I think he's in a great, great spot for his skill sets. Uh, and I, I'm just very excited. I can't believe we got him for so cheap. So another Christian, one. Wood, Christian Wood on the Lakers, fucking chalk that one up to another win for the Lakers this offseason. We are crushing the offseason. Uh, even if he's even if he's exactly what he's been the last couple seasons, that's huge for us. <laughs> that's huge for us. That's all he needs to contribute. So we can hope and and I can see him being much better this year. But uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to start every game and that he's going to you know uh, all, vault into some sort of all defensive player or even some sort of a fringe all star. But look, he's going to contribute. He's a big body. He can shoot. He knows how to play. LeBron likes him, which I, we know is always a huge component. Uh, if you got LeBron's backing, that goes a really long way on the team that he's on. So 
big big ups there for the Lakers. Uh, let's go, Christian Wood. Go earn your money. Go go play hard this year. Let's go win a championship. Guess what? You'll be earning fifty million dollars soon. Part two goes back to the uh, the FIBA aspect, and a guy that we brought up, Brandon Ingram. Uh, reports came out that Brandon Ingram is not going to be extended by the Pelicans. And I think that may mean that he's going to be on a different team when it's all said and done here uh, at the end of this year, some point in the middle of this year, rather end of the end of the trade deadline. Uh, and look, I'm I'm a little surprised by this, to be honest with you. Guy's a phenomenal player. I mean, it doesn't help that he just shit the bed all over the, you know, all over the place in, in, in the Olympics. But I think he was kind of handcuffed, as you outlined already. So we won't get back into that. But uh, Ingram's a hell of a ball player. Uh, very versatile score overall quite reliable and usually not that injured. He had a, he had a, he's had a couple injuries, but typically a pretty for how skinny he is, you would expect him to be way more injured than he is. Uh, he is a very good scorer of the basketball. I think he can improve in other aspects of his, of his game. But the reason I'm bringing this up clips is because this might be how Miami gets Damian Lillard. And I don't want to bring it up again. I'm fucking exhausted of it. But finally, now a disgruntled organization has a star. So Portland can look at Ingram and Hero. That's a nice package. Okay. And a couple picks here and there. You that I'm telling you right now. now talking. Ingram going to Portland. Maybe, maybe Hero goes to New Orleans. Maybe Portland doesn't get both. Maybe Hero to New Orleans, and then there's some draft draft compensation stuff going flying around here and there. But that could be the third piece needed for this Miami Heat Damian Lillard trade to come true. I love that. I think more would have to be involved with Ingram. They'd have to be able to take back. Yeah, some, there, some there's going to be else. other pieces in player. I mean, the, it, New Orleans has a, a crap ton of wings. So I'm also not surprised that they're not going to resign Brandon because they have two or three guys right behind him that are very promising. Uh, well, they love so, Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy's the guy that they Trey really Murphy. like. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, do they love Herb Jones? Like, if you can get Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones to Portland in that port, that's a win. That's a win. I like where you're going with this, Drew, because it's obvious that another team's going to have to be involved. The timing of him saying or them saying that they're not going to extend, you know, and Portland and Miami have re restarted negotiations and whatnot. Maybe the timing's right there. And maybe it's time for Brandon Ingram to move on. I love Brandon Ingram. He yep. was my spicy take MVP candidate going into last season. Um, and up until he got injured, the guy was was balling out of control. Absolutely. But but I think you're right. I think something has to be done if they're going to because Dame's not going to report to camp, right? Like he's not going to report to camp in Portland. Oh, he said he'll report to two camps, only two out of all 30. Oh, it would be Portland or it's either Portland or Miami. OK. All right. That makes sense then. Yeah, because Dame wouldn't do the I'm not reporting to camp thing. That's inter interesting. We need to monitor that. Yeah. Back to your Christian Wood take pickup. Lakers are crushing the offseason. Yep. The fact that again it pisses me off that like did we did the Clippers not even make a move for this guy? Right? Why didn't at you throw five, six million dollars? Throw six at, million dollars at him. At 5.2, <laughs> like what are we doing? We need another big guy. I mean, Nerlens Noel just got cut from yep. from Sacktown. It's another guy I was looking at last year. I think you guys could have got JaVel McGee, who was he's the guy that took the spot of Nerlens Noel up in Sacramento. Yeah, are we not being proactive? Do we know something that that nobody else knows? I like Christian Wood. I, I do think, though, that like playing on whatever it has been, five, six different teams in oh, five years, it's a lot of teams. Uh, he didn't like the fact that he wasn't, you know, he was taken out of that starting rotation when he was playing great for Dallas last year for whatever reason. 
uh, kind of pushed his way out of there. If he, you said LeBron likes him. That's cool. LeBron likes you until LeBron doesn't, right? Oh, well, yeah, so, it, until you mess up. It's, until it's, you, until you mess up. So he'll, he'll grant you as much rope as you let him. If he goes in with the mindset, I'm probably going to get 10, 12, 13 minutes a night, right? Taking the AD minutes or the Rui minutes, whatever the hell it's going to be. And he can run a pick and pop. He can run a screen and roll. He yes. can get to the, to the bucket and he can shoot a three-pointer. That's yeah. kind of what he can stretch the floor. So I have no problem with one of these or two of these three guys being on the court at, at all times. Anthony Davis, Christian Wood, Rui Hachimura. Two mm-hmm. of those three should be on the court virtually the entire game unless something crazy is going on and we really need to go small but even then at least one of those guys should be on the court at all times and it sounds like right now the lakers are going to start with 80 at the five Rui at the four or lebron at the four and Rui at the three well, however you want to do that those three will be the starting front court but christian Wood, if, if christian wood is able to prove his value and and if and if hachimura this is why it's so important too because if hachimura takes a step back and is comfortable because we extended him. Oh, he's got all this money. He's good. He doesn't have to earn a contract this year. Guess who's not going to get the minutes? Rui Hachimura. Those are going to go to Christian Wood now. So I, I'm I'm very happy with that. For the price again. For the price. What the Unbelievable. hell? All Unbelievable. All these guys that Phoenix picked up. Like, are the what? What are you, Lawrence Frank doing? Like, can we just throw our hat in the ring? I just want to hear the Clippers be like linked to anybody besides <laughs> the one like Brogdon for Marcus Morris is the only thing that I've heard. In the whole offseason. Yeah. Right? So unless these guys know something that I don't, but we're not throwing our hat in the ringer for anybody. So if I, I would just – I'm not even saying I want Nerlens Noel, but I just want to hear that we're pursuing somebody <laughs> else that could play the center position, okay? Can I just get a seven-footer that likes – what is the one thing that Nerlens Noel does, Drew? The rim runs. And block shots, okay? Yeah. That's all we need. I need a defender down there. I just want to throw my hat in the ringer on that. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to see how a Christian Wood plays. Yeah. I have a two-parter too, Drew. First is going to be a fun fact for my final thought, and then I have a final thought. Fun fact. Here's a question. It blew my mind because I never actually thought about it. How many NBA players do you think have played at least one NBA game in the in the 77 years of being in NBA organization. How many have played in one How NBA many NBA game? players throughout the history of the NBA have played at least one game in the NBA? Give me your number. Uh well, so look, we got I'm just gonna do some quick math. We got 30 do, teams. Do the so quick usually, math. Usually 15 guys on a team. Uh has it always those... been 30 teams though? No, I know that. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm calculating into that to to make up for the years. Uh, and also like the lo- the longevity of, of a lot of these guys' careers. So mm-hmm. uh ten thousand. The number's five thousand. Oh shit. <laughs> the number's five thousand. But that's so shocking to me when you think about it, right? Yeah. Like that seems so low. Very few. Very few. And I was listening, it was a motivational speech this guy was giving. He's like, look, if you think you're gonna make it to the NBA, do you know there's <laughs> only been five thousand NBA players? All right? time. All time. That's just, crazy. 5,000. That is a small number. Well, as of last year in February, as February of last year, it was 4,722. And then it's, it's roughly 5,000 right now, right? Not far above that. Sure. It's, it's, it's just shocking to me because I'm throwing wow. out a number like damn 76 years. I don't know, 20 K. And you're like, it's, yeah, oh. it's a lot. It's a, no, I, you, I, I'm with you though. And I, it is a tricky one, right? It's a tricky one. Cause there's, there's really only, for, for the longest time, there's really only 12, 14, 15 guys total that make a roster. 
And sometimes those guys go a whole season. Like the 15th man can go a whole, especially back in like the 80s and 90s. You're the 15th guy. You might not play ever. Right. You might not play that season. There may be a whole 82 and you just, you have zero stats. And these are two-way guys too that are just getting a garbage minute too. That counts as one of the players. So I I just thought it was interesting. Anybody listening to this show, if you're mind blown, because my mind was blown with that. Now, after the fun fact, I, I, I'm i bringing up, this is my final thought, and I told our friend Brett Melton that I would do it. I got a phone call from our boy B. Melt, who's yeah. a fan of the show, a great basketball mind, uh, great father, played co- collegiate basketball for the Illini, yeah, like, shout out Illinois. high school le- legend. Um, played with D. Rose, didn't he? Uh, no, D. Wade. Mm. Played, played against apologies, D. Wade. Apologies, the wrong D. Just a great guy, and I'm I, I'm glad that he's my friend, but he he called me, or he texted me, he's all clips. I got some content for your show. Can I can I can I call you? And I said, sure, bro. Give me a call. So B Melt called me. He said, Man, I'm fired up right now. I'm like, why are you fired up, B Melt? He's all look. He's he's all, you know, I moved to Dallas, right? So B Melt moved from San Diego to Dallas. The guy's got four kids, beautiful wife, moves to Dallas, has a gigantic four thousand square foot house, swimming pool, lives in a cul-de-sac. If I told you what his mortgage was, Drew, you would shit your pants because <laughs> it's just laughable. Southern California sucks. Even though we live at the beach, great homes and whatnot. This yeah, guy's yeah. living the dream in Dallas. Let me that just tell you. that much cheaper, but go ahead. Shit, bro. I'll tell you <laughs> off air what this guy told me he pays. And my, my ass is, if, if I was married with kids, bro, send my ass to Dallas. I'm going over there. Um, so he had mentioned to me he's coaching his seven-year-old's team, right? Kids. This guy's, uh, this guy's coaching the seven-year-old team. He told me their first game, they got blown out 65 to like three. Right. I'm like, damn, that's got to be rough. Right. Three, like, 65 to three, 65 to three. Whoa. And he's like, my daughter's not that good. Right. Whoa. So no, but B melt is a teacher when they're yeah. seven years old, you teach, right? This is what you're supposed to do. So B melt tells, uh, tells the parents it was Labor Day weekend, right? Tells the parents, Hey, come over to the house on Monday. They have a full court basketball court in the cul-de-sac. Come over to the house, bring the kids. We will uh, barbecue. We'll have a good time and we will we'll practice. We'll play basketball. We'll have a really good time. Cool. So they do that. Everybody has a good time. Seven-year-olds out there playing. Uh, he, but they're coaching. They're teaching all this stuff. Next day, Brett Melton gets a letter from the HOA saying that you're not allowed to be doing this in the cul-de-sac, right? And Talia, his wife, who's awesome, by the way, was fired up. I read her, he's all, dude, go to Talia's Instagram stories. She's fired up. They know the person that ratted on them for whatever reason. And this is, friend, they're a community. If you if you guys are listening to this, you should see my hands right now. I'm trying to show Drew. It's a community in there. Some Karen, right, some crazy Dallas woman went out and, and ratted on these little kids and these parents and these and these people playing basketball in their cul-de-sac and said that they don't want them doing that anymore. And he was fired up. And I was fired up too, bro, because you know what you need? You need teachers. You need community. This is what you want. You want the kids to be out and playing, not on their iPads and their and their laptops exactly. and their, their tweets and their Instagrams and all this shit. You actually have a group of people that want to teach these young kids how to have a good time and how to play basketball. And then you have some some older people who don't like seeing that. So I told him I would bring it up because it fired me up too, bro. Like, this, is this the culture we're growing up in? Yeah. Now we can't. Now we can't even have fun with our kids in our HOA and in, in, in our community because yeah. that's how we we grew up, man. We grew up on bikes. We went from courts to court to play, <laughs> yeah. and whoever had the court at their house was where yes. we played at too. 
Yes. So I'm fired up. You own a home. Yep. You have an HOA. I Would do. you be fired up too? Very. Oh boy. Well, look, man, I, you know, HOAs may actually be the death of America. I feel <laughs> like we are on the HOAs are going to drive us into the fucking ground. Uh, I say that with, with some, some levity. Uh, but yeah, dude, like when a palm frond falls off of a palm tree that I happen to have in my yard, they, I have to pick that shit up or else they're going to, they're going to do something about it. Right. Uh, can't paint my house a certain color. Got to do all that. You know? So yes, I, I understand for property values and all that stuff, why HOAs exist, but, uh, look, power goes to people's heads. And when someone sees an opportunity to, uh, exert their control, they will try to do it and people suck. And I, the people, the people that call HOAs and report things are the worst types of people. I think that exists, especially if it's not like a crime. I mean, if it's a crime or yes. if, you know, if someone broke into the house or if someone, you know, spray paint like graffiti or whatever, please, that's what HOAs are supposed to be there for. Let's solve the problem together as a community, not let's, let's report children playing basketball in front of the house that they live in. Uh, absolutely backwards. And I do think like your, your, your point about like, how often are we heard, are we hearing that kids don't go outside and play anymore. Every and now day. the first time that they freaking go, maybe maybe the first time in a while they're playing basketball outside, you tell them to stop doing that and go back inside and go play on your video games. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Uh, and I, I'm, to be fair, like it's very anti, I feel like that's very anti-American from a Texas community. It's <laughs> so anti-American. And then it also it's like, yo, we have cities burning. We have floods. Yeah. We're having earthquakes. We're having all aliens are coming. NASA is announcing today. We got baby aliens in Mexico that they're just popping up. NASA's got aliens confirming there's aliens coming. And we're going to worry about the seven-year-olds playing basketball. Ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it so much. Let your kids play. Tell your kids to go out and play. Put them outside in the Dallas heat that they want to actually hot. play basketball. It's hot. It's hot. It's over hot. There. It's, it's hot, hot as hell. Yeah. I'm fired. I'm hot as hell too now, bro. And I live at the beach. My windows are closed. I'm sweating. We need to move on, Drew. Uh, you got anything else to say? Uh, nope. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. You know what it is? You know what it is?